What have we learned about Heidi? But cockroaches were the least of her problems. Heidi had to fight for every opportunity. You know, Heidi is, even though she's very kind of sweet and innocent. Heidi wanted out of the slum, and her agent wasn't doing enough. Oh, my God, they moved Heidi right next to me now. Although Heidi seems serene. She is, she's a bit naughty. She uses an ancient folk remedy to help calm her down. Heidi is back. Tuesday, everybody. Heidi here. Josh, still out, a uh, little under the weather, but we have once again Jay Delsing joining us. You know, I was out and about over the holidays and had a couple people saying, "Hey, when's Jay gonna get back in there?" And I go, "As soon as I can <laughs> twist his arm." So I'm so happy to have you back in the studio, Connor. Of course, over on the uh, board, and I want to know how your holiday was because you've got four girls. You are a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. So what is that like for you? Is Christmas just as exciting as ever? First of all, thank you. It's great to be here with you and Connor. Um, It is exciting, but, man, it's exhausting. I mean, (laughs) it's just my, um, you know, my granddaughter's like, are you watching me? Are you watching me? I'm like, I'm watching. I'm right here. I'm sitting right next to you. you It's like, how come you're not down on the floor? So I get down on the floor, and then she's like, how come it takes you so long to get up? And I'm like, I'm I I don't know if I can get up. It's I'm I'm, I'm hugging the couch, you know, the, yeah. the arm of the couch and all that. So, no, there it's just another reason, though. I do you have kids when you're you know younger, young, because uh-huh. they um, they were great. That energy and the excitement, it's it's awesome. But man, I slept great. You know, a couple of drinks. I'm like, bye. I'm yeah. out. And do they call you grandpa? What do they call you? Because I remember, so my dad, I guess was turning 60 the year that my sister was having her first baby. And it just, it was this storm. Oh, it's a thing. did not yeah. go well. Like for the entire eight months leading up to it he's like i don't want to be called grandpa i don't want to be called papa he was just storming around yeah yeah that baby was born and the world changed my sister and i continue to look at each other and go who is this man what happened to him it's it's transformational it is yeah so he is papa but what are the so my daughter i didn't know this was a thing but with some of the other the grandmas and stuff that nobody wants to be called grandma I really don't care. Yeah. Like, just call me something and let me, you know, I want to be involved. And I said, just call me whatever. How about Grandpa? I don't care. We called both of ours Grandma Glouse, Grandma Smith. Yeah. Grandpa I mean, we didn't try to be super creative. So, so, um, my daughter, she lives in Alabama in a cool little uh, place called Fairhope. It's just a suburb of Mobile. And she sends me this video, and it's my daughter, my granddaughter Louise. She's probably Louise is a great just name. a little. She's great, just a little under three at the time, 
and it's like, where are we going next week? And we're going to Golf Ball's house. And so somehow Grandpa has turned into Golf Ball. And I'm like, I sent her a text. I'm like, what did you, you know, what did you pull her fingernails off to get her? She's like, no, it's just how it how it came out. So they call me Golf Ball. Oh, but they think so. I was like, Grandpa's coming. They're like, come on, Golf Ball. It's, it's you hysterical. can't get away from a golf ball. No, I know, I know. I'm trying, but it, and they can call me whatever they want. It's yeah. just, it's it's really awesome. And get, watching them open. So I have a granddaughter that loves trucks and plays with cars and stuff. I love just that. Like my grandson, and so it's weird in my house, you know. Yeah. So it's fun and and um, exhausting. The energy level, Heidi, as you know, is just fantastic. You know, uh-huh. just having that that innocence and you know but i will we can all learn from that i know and go back to that but Mm -hmm. she also said why to me three thousand times and can you answer her go ask your mom i'm like i don't know go ask somebody else other than me guffle doesn't know guffle knows nothing and she'll know that soon enough you know so but thank you for asking we had a, a great time and and um yeah it was exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can come here and sit in for the next two days and rest <laughs> yeah. if you want. Um, speaking of golf balls, how about Tiger Woods and Nike finally splitting up after 27 years? It's interesting. I want your professional take on this because much like Michael Jordan, you had the Air Jordan yeah. shoes. Tiger didn't really have, as Connor was pointing out yesterday, like a club or a ball, but this is still a pretty big partnership to end. Right. So think about this, guys. What, besides Jordan and the Air Jordan brand, what's bigger? What association with any athlete across any sport would be more recognizable and more just just had a bigger impact on the world. And I don't think I've I've been thinking about that this morning. I'm I'm shocked kind of Heidi did it. Is it fell apart? Yeah. So just to give you a little backstory, Nike was never involved in golf. And when Tiger was at Stanford, they started tooling this thing up. And when he tur- before he turned professional, they gave him a $40 million contract for five years. This was unheard of in our game. Before he was even a pro? Right, right. He was turning pro, and they gave him this, this deal. And um, over the course of the 27 years, he's made over $500 million. And probably Nike has made multiple billions mm-hmm. of, uh, over that. But th- th- some of the the associations that I have, and I don't know what the listeners think, but there was this time at Augusta, I think it was in 2005, where Tiger had hit his ball left of the 16th green and hit this amazing shot, like up a hill, and it rolled and did all of this stuff. And Heidi, it gets to the edge of the oh, hole. I know it exactly. Heidi, it still gives me chills. It's me like too. some marketing guy was on this remote control golf ball, had the swoosh sitting Perfectly. center stage, and it sat for like two or three seconds, and the entire world is looking at it, and then it falls in the hole, and he goes crazy, and so... I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to come out with his own brand. The thing that I know that Nike did different with Jordan, and he and Nike didn't do this with Tiger, didn't do this with LeBron, didn't do this with any other athletes, is they didn't give him their the, his own uh, brand. He didn't, he didn't, so yeah. Michael owns that. Tiger doesn't own the TW, you know, the TW yes. logo. He doesn't own that. LeBron's logo he doesn't own that either. That's so all. they kind of learned from the they Michael did. Jordan thing yeah, and said, we did. can put more of that money in yeah, our and, pocket. And Michael's still clipping coupons from that, you know, that amazing uh, contract that he signed, yeah. you know, with, with Nike. So 
I don't know. It's just going to be weird. But I wouldn't be surprised, Heidi, if you see. So right now, the guys that I know that are wearing the swoosh that play golf, Rory's wearing it. Kepka's wearing it at Live. Scotty Scheffler's wearing it. Jason Day just left. I don't know if they're going to let these contracts expire and then just kind of shut down. But they basically shut the hard good business down about five years ago, where they don't make clubs anymore. They don't. They, they just couldn't compete, or it's just not their gig. Yeah. You know, they're more marketing. You know, who doesn't know Nike? It doesn't matter which. Just do it, right? Which which um, which athlete? Which sport? They're all you know, football, baseball, mm-hmm. track, all of them, basketball, but. In golf, they started making clubs, and I just don't think that's their bag. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed in the shoe market, but really, Nike doesn't make anything. They market everything, you know? So that's they, a great point. Yeah, so that's where I think they're going with it, but I was still shocked. It just seems like such a synonymous Well, just that figure. red shirt on know, Sunday with the swoosh. I mean, it just it's not the same if he's not in that. It, it isn't. So it's... Um, It'll be interesting to see. So Tiger, I don't think we'll see Tiger out probably until uh, the Genesis LA Open, which will be probably sometimes middle Feb, late Feb. So he'll be seen, and what everybody's everybody's looking like. I mean, it's crazy, Heidi. When Tiger opens his window at his home, the entire golf world just goes goofy, and there's this Tiger Woods tracker on his jet. It's just like people. Cannot get enough of this, dude. So for you guys who are also, you know, professionals and have to deal with this, does it kind of like irk you? Or you're like, no, all of it for him. Keep oh, your eyes off fine. me. It's fine. What he's done, though, Heidi, has made all of us so much more money. I mean, he brought, he did for golf what Wayne Gretzky did for hockey. So when Gretzky moved from Edmonton to L.A., Southern California didn't know anything about hockey. And if you look at what the salaries did, they just went up and up. And so Wayne Gretzky raised everybody's water level. Well, Tiger, Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, all those icons, those were the pillars of golf in our just the, the generation, the, the the whole history of golf, really. But Tiger took it to an entirely different level. And some of the cool things, he considers himself multiracial. He's mm-hmm. an African-American dad and a, a Taiwanese mom. But those are the things that we need to get past. And and, and I think he's In helped. general. In general, just like in life. Can we just get over yeah. the color of your skin? Can we, I mean, are we finished with the fear of all that? Don't we I know would better hope now? So. Haven't we learned a lesson anyway? But he's also opened a bunch of doors, and he also, Heidi, made it cool. Like, Jack Nicholas, as great as he was, and Jack would still go down, in my opinion, as the best of all time, he didn't put a lot of young kids in the game and go, I want to be Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Tiger's like, everybody wants to be Tiger Woods. And Tiger's transformational. You know, he's almost Was it because like, he was so young? Was it because he... Because it didn't seem like he was just jumping off the camera and being super friendly and, like, the no. it factor. What do you think it was? It's his charisma because he wanted to... It was a different kind of charisma, though, Heidi. It was all within the game. Like, we're playing, and he's, he's looking at me and, like, I'm going to break your neck. Like, I don't want to win. I'll shake your hand at the end of the day, but I want you to know that this gladiator stood over you and destroyed you. It wasn't like the golf clap. It was it like kind of the like, Arsenio oh, Hall. Yeah, we're ooh, all ooh, like, ooh. like, yeah, it wasn't. It was like, nope, we're going in there, and I'm going to run across the green, and I'm going to fist pump, and I'm going to do all these things that no one's ever done before. Was and, he told to kind of back it down in the beginning, uh, no. or they just let him be tired? No one knew, knew what. No one knew what to expect. Heidi, when we were playing. 
Phil Mickelson was the best, most talented guy ever. When we went and played the Tucson Open, we were I was playing as a pro. Phil was a junior in college, came down with his collar popped and all this weird, and won the tournament as a junior in college. He wasn't. He, he was just that good. He was that good. Tiger, Tiger never made a cut as an amateur. He he played in the Masters. He played in the LA Open. He never made a cut. So people were like, he's really good. He's won three U.S. amateurs. He's won three U.S. juniors, all this stuff. But he's okay, you know. No one had any idea. And he came out and won right away. And and he played a game that was so much – it was just foreign. He hit it so far. And he putted great. He had all of these skills. Like most of the time if you have massive amounts of power, your short game and your yeah, touch stuff weaker. is not all that good. It would be like a basketball player who can post up. It's like Jokic or some of these other uh, uh, guys in the NBA. They're seven-footers that are shooting three-pointers all day. Yeah, you know what I mean. That never. Remember when Magic Johnson played? I was at UCLA. Magic Johnson comes to the Lakers. We're like, he's six foot nine. He's running the point. What do we? What, yeah. what happened? What happened to this game? Yeah, that's what Tiger did for golf. He just threw all of the preconceived notions, the color of his skin, the speed that he played, all of that out the window. And we'll never go back. I mean, this. Yeah. I mean, he just yeah. turned it. Yep. Kind of on the, it. The, the, the tour, the money has gone crazy. Our ratings off the charts when Tiger's in anything. Um, tournament sponsors just, and you know, listen, he's no angel. Yeah. He's no we, angel. We know and, the stories. And, and, I mean, front line. If we could keep it just what he did on the golf course would be one thing. But you know, that's not our world anymore, no. man. Everybody's got Social a Social media. Everybody's got an opinion. And, and, and look, he did it. It's like. He had some karma to eat there. He yeah. really did. I mean, you don't you don't do that sort of stuff and come out of this thing unscathed. No, you know. But he's kind of leaned into it, and he hasn't kind of said no, 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 no. It wasn't me. He's yep. just facing it. You know, we got a lot to get to. We're going to check in with uh, Martin Kilcoin here in just a few minutes and uh, talk about more sports and what's <laughs> going on. I don't. I thought that game last night was pretty darn boring. Connor, do you have any thoughts on it? I, I liked it. You did? As well, you know, because I, you had money on it. Well, no, I actually didn't. Everyone in my family was a Michigan fan. Uh, uh, so it was enjoyable. Being from Michigan. So it was nice to see them win, and they hadn't won in, uh, in 26 years. Are you yeah. a Harbaugh fan, Connor? Uh, I can tell you everyone that likes Michigan is a Harbaugh fan. They <laughs> they are they feel very positively yeah. about him, Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's they, a tough they are all behind him. Why is he so hard to like? Uh, he's just Whoa. kind of a football weirdo, you know. He he's all in on football and he doesn't seem to have many other social graces. Yeah, isn't that the truth? We'll talk to Martin Kilcoin about that. Uh, the Battle Hawks have announced their initial roster, so we'll find out if there's anyone interesting to watch. And then coming up in the 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Andy Field, ABC News correspondent, dealing with Trump and immunity. we got some entertainment news. And we're actually off a little early because Mizzou and Kentucky tip off at 6. Pre-game starts at 5.30. So let's take a short break, and we'll come back and chat with Martin Kilcoin. We were talking about the college football championship game last night and martin i don't know about you i thought it was kind of boring well especially that second half you kept waiting for that washington high-powered offense to kick in but there were so many punts you know michigan and jay can appreciate old school football they're going to run the ball play great defense but we thought that'd be countered by washington's high-flying offensive attack it just never got rolling i think you got to give you know, Michigan credit for shutting it down. But, yeah, it was kind of boring at times. And, 
with Washington hanging around, you kept thinking they would make a move yeah. or make it into a game, but you know, I think it was three hundred and three yards rushing for Michigan. You don't see that a lot anymore in college football, so it, it doesn't surprise me. That's kind of the Jim Harbaugh mo is a little bit of old school football. So yeah, a little bit boring at times. I think the whole intrigue all year with the scandal with Michigan, Harbaugh's future, all of that kind of at least added a little bit of sizzle to the whole storyline. But, yeah, the game itself wasn't all that great. Yeah. Speaking of football, the Battlehawks have announced its initial roster. Does anybody grab your attention? Is there somebody we can be excited about? Not a lot of names that I know or that you know. Um, Hakeem Butler was on the team last year. He was really good, big wide receiver. Looks like A.J. McCarron's not back. That was the quarterback from Alabama that had some name recognition. You know, it's the one thing that the XFL slash UFL now struggles with is not a ton of name recognition, even though these guys played college football. It would be fun if there was, you know, a St. Louis kid who played college ball at yeah. Wisconsin or Oklahoma State or somewhere and then just ends up on the team. We did have a running back from Belleville on the team last year, um, but nothing, to be honest with you, I haven't dug deep on it. There's a player out of Utah that apparently was the best defensive player in the league last year for Vegas, and kind of quietly the Battlehawks grabbed him. I'm forgetting his name. It's hard to pronounce, but I think his first name is PETA. But he is uh, apparently he's a big coup for them, but again, not, not quite a household name just yet. It's interesting, Martin, isn't it? Because after probably three or four games – players emerge you know these opportunities come along for certain guys and it's interesting to see some of the some of the players that take advantage of that well i think there's been this year in the nfl i don't have the numbers in front of me but i feel like there's been about 20 or 25 guys that played last spring in the xfl that got a chance at the nfl level and the coach anthony back he played in the nfl for more than a decade he's a first round pick for the jets you know the Battlehawks coach who's you know, we didn't know him at all, but he's done a great job at least working it around town. He will tell you from day one to all these guys, yeah, they want to win games at the Dome, but he wants them all to get that chance. They want it to be a feeder league for the NFL. And I think based on some of the numbers last year, that that's worked out a fair amount. So they're going to be hungry, you know that, because a lot of them were, you know, here's the thing, a guy on the Battle Hawks was probably – a superstar in high school mm-hmm. and was probably pretty good in college. And even when you look at the colleges that these guys played at, you know, whether they played at Utah or Missouri state or Oklahoma state or wherever, it's still pretty big time football. So, I mean, these guys also kind of have that dream somewhere in their DNA that they want to make it back or at least get a crack at the NFL. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on the Cardinals adding a new face to the front office. Yeah, I don't want to overreact to it because John Moselec said after the horrific season, we're going to try and get some more voices around here. Maybe we need some, you know, an outside view of how we're doing things because it obviously went backwards and they haven't been as successful as they were 10 years ago. So Hein Bloom was the Red Sox. He was the equivalent of Moselec for the Red Sox and got let go. He's only there four years. Before that, he was with Tampa Bay for 15 years. And Tampa Bay, everybody knows, is small market, small money, but they tend to win, so they're obviously pretty smart at what they do. I mean, their longtime GM left at one point to go to the Dodgers, so everybody likes what Tampa Bay does, and that's what Bloom's resume mostly is. 
But I, I don't think he's going to be a day-to-day. He's not sitting next to Mosaic, you know, in the building all week, kind of mapping out. I just I think it's another voice, and they can bounce things off of him. Uh, it is interesting. They made a trade, the Tyler O'Neill trade. They got a player from Boston, which I'm sure Bloom could advise on. They just got a player from Tampa Bay, which I bet you Bloom could advise on. <laughs> so he's probably he's probably helping them out a little bit in recent weeks. But I, I don't think he's you know the heir apparent. I don't think it's a change in hierarchy down there at Bush Stadium. So I don't want to overstate it. But it probably it did, I would say it doesn't hurt, right? If somebody that's been at a high level in Major League Baseball can come in and and instead of the Cardinals saying, well, this is how we've always done it, maybe he'll say, well, we never did it that way in Tampa or we didn't do it that way in Boston or why are you doing it that way? I think some of that is probably healthy. Yeah, Martin, wasn't he trying – wasn't he brought into Boston to kind of refurb their farm system because Dombrowski comes in and, you know, he doesn't value the the draft picks and the young guys as much. He wants proven talent, and so he was – kind of trying to raise the Red Sox um, farm clubs, you know, back into some sort of respectability? Yeah, it's kind of funny because he gets run off from Boston because they weren't doing great, but he was brought in at a time where they said, all right, you know, kind of said blow it up, but he came in when there were a ton of big contracts. They had guys like Chris Sale who were making $30 million who weren't any good anymore. <laughs> they had they had a bunch of guys making big money that were sort of bad contracts. I think he traded David Price, got him out of there. They ended up losing Mookie Betts. They had to trade him because they had already spent too much money. Boston was in a weird period when he was there. So the guy the Cardinals brought in, High and Bloom, goes to Boston, and they say, listen, we're not going to be big spenders anymore. And he inherits a team, though, that has big contracts. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think the if you look at the, the folks who study it, their minor league system got way better when he was there. I, I guess I would love to ask, well, why did they fire him if you brought him in to kind of clean it up? They were sort of in the process of doing that. So interesting resume. I have, I don't know anything about the guy, but I'd love to get him on and kind of pick his brain a little bit. Maybe the Boston tends to be impatient. I mean, Dombrowski won a World Series by throwing money around. He's doing that in Philadelphia, and it's, you know, somewhat working for the Phillies. That's that's his mo. He spends money, and they ran him off after maybe a year and a half after winning the World Series. They seem to be a little bit sickle in Boston. <laughs> I mean, much like I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy wins the World Series a year and a half later, he's out of there. And um, what have you done for so me I lately? Got, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of cleaning things up a bit, have the Blues turned a corner? It seems they've cleaned it up defensively. If you look at recent games, it's been lower scoring, which is good because they were giving up a ton of goals. I still don't know what to make of the coaching change because Drew Bannister deserves credit. They've won 7 out of 10 since he took over for Craig Berube. But I always wonder, okay, so were the players dogging it because they didn't like the old coach? I mean, what changed? All of a sudden, oh, okay, now I better do my homework. Now I better make my bed. Like what? It's like kids. It's like these kids that you can't get to do what you tell them to do. And then all of a sudden they just do it. It's, it's strange. But what's telling to me is Doug Armstrong was on Fox 2 Sunday night. And I said, okay, so now that they're doing better, is this a playoff team? That's all we care about. Are they going to the playoffs? And he said he and his staff have kind of mapped it out. And they believe in the Western Conference, seven of the spots are spoken for. Well, eight teams get in. So that tells me there's one spot left. That's a pretty narrow math. 
Uh, and, and Army's always very blunt about it. And he said, so, you know, we got a chance. So I don't know if their lot has improved dramatically, but they're certainly playing better. Um, and they're playing good teams. They, they, you know, they play terrible against Chicago. They play terrible against Arizona, teams that they should beat up on, even mm-hmm. Detroit. And then they start playing better teams, and they play better. I mean, maybe that's human nature. Maybe they get up more for the game, quote-unquote. But they're playing better. And I think if you're a fan, you just want to see good games. You want to see them play well, and you hope that they at least compete for a playoff spot. And the other question I had for Army, I said, okay, if this year's stated goal was if all goes well, we could finish in third place, which is kind of a weird thing to tell your fan base. So I said, when, when is the bar raised? When is it, hey, if all goes well, we win the division? And he just said, talent-wise, they're still behind Colorado and Dallas because Colorado specifically drafted really high for a number of years because they had some really bad seasons. They're kind of in the same, I, I won't call it purgatory, but same spot as the Cardinals where they're usually pretty good, they're never great, then you don't draft real high. You never bottom out, unlike mm-hmm. past year for the Cardinals. It's very rare that they get a high pick because they're usually pretty good. And teams that are terrible, like Colorado was, end up with all these high picks. So I think Doug Arthur calls it like retooling on the fly. And, you know, we saw the Cardinals do that. It's interesting, both of them bottomed out the same year and got high draft picks. So and that maybe those- never happens. <laughs> We've been so spoiled right. here. So Gosh, spoiled. man. Uh, Mizzou versus Kentucky, we're actually off early because tip-off is six. What do you foresee happening there? You know, this is a true snow day because, uh, in fact, I'm off TV tonight, and I'm the kids after school, I'm at one of the sponsors. I am outside at the Village Bar watching the snow roll in. And I'm having nice. a snow day because there's no, there's no Kill Coin conversation tonight because we have Kentucky and Mizzou. I know you guys hate it when you have to leave early. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Village Mizzou Bar, that's with- not fun. No. No, no. I'm only here because the kids wanted hamburgers, okay? Okay. This is is dad duty. That's all this is. Uh, (laughs) Village Bar, great spot, by the way, in De Pere. A good place to be on a snow day. And it's starting to – it's not accumulating, but it's blowing around pretty good out here. But Kentucky, Mizzou, 6 o'clock tip-off. If you haven't noticed, Wildcats, John Calipari's team, they're back up again. They're ranked sixth in the country. Mizzou's struggling. They've lost four out of their last five, so – to be a tough one for the Tigers tonight because Kentucky is is back up once again. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, go enjoy your burger and whatever beverage you're having there at the Village Bar. I'm just monitoring the kids. Okay? Yes. Yes. It's their choice. It's their choice. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. See you, Martin. All right. Thanks. See you guys. Well, Martin was coming to us live from Village Bar, which is a favorite in De Pere, but another favorite is coming back. I don't know if you ever went to Piranha Pasta by Jarred Craft, which was downtown. It closed in t- 2018, I think, and now uh, Niche Food Group is going to revive Piranha Pasta, and the first one's going to be on Manchester Road in De Pere. It's a fast, casual pasta restaurant slated to open in late March, early April, and it will be the first of three Piranha locations. Nisha's currently planning to open the St. Louis area in the next two years. Gerard said that uh, 
of all of the places he's had, most people ask, when are you bringing Pirano back? So we can look forward to that. that the pasta. niche folks, they do a great oh job gosh. all that stuff. That pasta's delicious. It is so good. I'll tell you who else does a great job, and that's SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. I don't know if you ever had to take a child there. I spent a little time there when I was a kid. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. For they're, what? They're fant- uh, just a bunch of stupid things like I did break, to myself. Breaking bones? Breaking bones and things like uh-huh. that, yeah. But they, it's just such a special place because they don't just take care of whatever ills the child. They're taking care of the the whole family, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, my godchild was there and was actually there on her very first Easter, and one of the nurses made her an Easter dress. I mean, it's just ridiculous what they do. And, of course, some of what they do, they're able to do it because of donations and the Glennon Foundation, which has been around from the beginning, because they're not going to turn a kid away just because mom and dad doesn't have insurance, or maybe there's a certain therapy that can push that kid over the edge to, you know, better health. They're not going to say, no, you can't have that therapy, and that's why the Cardinal Glennon Children's Foundation was started. You can help, and it's a really easy way. Glennon Live is a really cool, one-of-a-kind entertainment experience that not only celebrates patients and families and the caregivers of Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, but it's also a big party with Zach Brown Band taking the stage, and that's always a fun time. It's happening Saturday, April 6th, Chaffetz Arena. A few tickets are still available. You can go to Glennon.org to learn more. Well, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer yesterday touted Sunday's government funding spending agreement in floor remarks and highlighted the ways in which Democratic priorities won out over hard Right funding initiatives. Anne Flaherty is senior national policy reporter for ABC News in Washington. She joins us with the latest. I mean, are we actually making some progress? Well, you know, we are. It's kind of two steps back, one or two steps forward, one step back. Though, always, I think, because, yeah, always. I mean, I, what they came to was a deal that looks a little bit like what uh, House Speaker McCarthy reached with Biden last year. I mean, it's not that far off. Now, House Speaker. Johnson says, look, I got $30 billion of cuts. We're cutting the IRS more than they had agreed to last year. This is this is real progress. And he wants his, his caucus to celebrate this and to get behind it. We are hearing from these House Freedom Caucus members that are saying, look, w- this doesn't go anywhere near far enough. Plus, oh, by the way, we still want all these border policy provisions that the White House will never agree to and the Senate Democrats will never agree to. So there's a lot of room for them to trip over themselves before this happens. And what I found interesting today was that Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell took to the floor and said, look, in order for us to work this out, we're going to need some more time. We might have to pass another continuing resolution. This is a short-term spending bill uh, just to give us some cover so the government doesn't shut down. And we know what happened to McCarthy. Is House Speaker Johnson safe? Well, you know, that is the big question, and that's what everyone in Washington is is asking themselves, because, of course, you know, McCarthy had reached this deal with Biden. He'd worked with Democrats, and that's what led to him being pushed out. So, you know, the question is whether or not this far-right flank within the House party is going to try to do it again and throw themselves into chaos. I mean, nobody liked it when they couldn't find anybody to actually lead their party. So they did find somebody that they seemed to like who they put their trust in, um, and I think they're going to try to push him as far as he'll go. So the question is whether or not the two, those two sides will actually come to some sort of agreement within the Republican Party that they can then negotiate with the Democrats. So a lot of room for error on this, I think.
And it just seems crazy when you start looking at what our debt numbers are like. Mm. It's just completely out of control, and it never seems to get mentioned a whole lot in some of these sentences. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it's we cannot keep continuing down this path. I mean, I think a lot of people agree on that. The problem is, is that not a lot of people are willing to talk about what it would take to actually bring down the debt. So, you know, we, we keep increasing defense spending, for example. It's, it's eight, over $800 billion a year. Um, then there's the money that nobody can touch, really. It's the Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Those are the programs uh, that uh, politically it would be so – um, you know, explosive to go after those programs. And yet those are our biggest drivers of the debt. So, you know, really, who is willing within Washington of all of these people willing to tackle this problem in earnest? I, I think they would have to, you know, be willing to be voted out of office, essentially, because these are such complicated, nuanced pro- programs or problems that would really upset big portions of voters. Yeah. Are we making any progress when it comes to the border? You know, the, the House uh, Republicans are still talking about this. They say it's a priority, and they're insisting that any Ukraine money, um, foreign aid, is tied to this. Uh, we have heard of these negotiations are ongoing. You know, again, this is another issue that's really deeply nuanced. They're talking about parole authority. That's where we seem to have been tripping over. Um, and, and, you know, just remember, like, back in the days of George Bush, they tried to pass uh, immigration reform, and they just couldn't get it through after months of negotiation. So, you know, as somebody who covers Washington, I'm not hopeful they could get the border deal figured out in the next week. But, you know, I hate to be so cynical. You know, miracles can happen. (laughs) Miracles. Rare, but they do. Ann Flaherty, senior national (laughs) policy reporter there in Washington. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Speaking of money, you know, maybe as the new year begins, you might have a project or two. This is what we did last year, and our first phone call was Together Credit Union for our HELOC, our home equity line of credit. That allowed us to do our bathroom. I mean, Together Credit Union is really, I think, a hidden gem in St. Louis. And if you're looking for a safe investment option, check out Together Credit Union's CD rate and term options and just Sit back and watch your money grow. Isn't that what we all want to do right now? Together, Credit Union is offering a competitive nine-month certificate of deposit and the annual percentage yield of 5.00%. Now, you do have to put a minimum balance of $1,000, but... To start with that. Heidi, that's a big deal, though. We haven't got, I mean, remember you get your statement back and you go, I made a quarter. Right. I made 25 cents. That's exactly right. You can just sit back and count your money or start it for maybe a grandchild and see what happens. You can learn more about all of the fantastic products Together Credit Union offers. Just go to togethercu.org. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. All right, Heidi and Jay, 24 years ago, uh, Malcolm in the Middle premiered on Fox. That was Brian Cranston's first breakout role. It was? It, he was the dad on that, and they actually kind of used it against him for Breaking Bad. That's a, It's a comedy. It's a sitcom. Right. And they kind of thought, well, this is a serious show. How are we going to get Brian Cranston, who's and the now- goofy dad from the show, on the 
you Our kind show. of forget I that know. he was yeah, Malcolm yep. in the Middle's hey, dad, and you just That's think. a forgotten role. Everyone remembers him for the big role, which I don't yeah. blame anyone for. Uh, two years ago, Bob Saget died on this day. Two years ago, already. In the middle already. of his comedy yeah. tour, wow. uh, very unexpectedly, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I heard uh, someone talk about this, but I'll say it again. 17 years ago today, the iPhone was first unveiled, the first iPhone, 17 years ago. And now, really? can, now can either of you remember, well, you know, I, not I, having it? My flip phone. Can you imagine oh, not yeah. having it now? I had yeah. some. Oh, uh, my flip phone. Yeah. 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 Kind of, but a lot of people are going back to that flip phone. Because I know, there's a trend. It's smaller and, you know, hanging on to it. I saw something on the Today Show today, and uh, one of the correspondents had the, like, seven, iPhone 7 that still had a button on well, it. Well, it's crazy to see how smaller they are yes. than the big old... Some of these are like tablets uh, ex- you in your hand. And they survive 16,000 feet drops of this. <laughs> I mean, right. and they still yeah. work. That yeah. is what's crazy. That's almost like an advertisement for right. Apple mm-hmm. when you when you talk about it. Chances like are it will be an yeah, advertisement be. at some point. All right, coming up in the 4 o'clock, we got our headlines. We'll chat with Andy Field. We've got some entertainment news. And then in the 5 o'clock, we have a uh, short show because Mizzou and Kentucky face-off. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock, but our pregame starts here on the Big 550 at 5. So I hope you'll hang out with us for another couple hours. You're listening to the Heidi Glau Show minus Josh Gilbert with Jay Delsing on the Big 550 KTRS. Headlines for this Tuesday afternoon, January 9th. Energizer Holdings confirms headquarters moving to Clayton Tower. The company is moving from town and country to Clayton in the Forsyth Center high rise. An energy Energizer spokesperson said the new 41,000 square foot space better meets the needs of our hybrid workforce. Energizer, a manufacturer, of course, of batteries and car care products, currently has some 100,000 square feet on Maryville University Drive, which is now up for sublease. According to the spokesperson, plans are still being finalized, but they anticipate being in the new office space by the end of 2024. Uh, that's got much more teeth than my stories over here, Heidi. Miller Lite is creating beer breath mints. Oh, is that the kind of breath we want? No, this is not <laughs> the kind of breath we want. But they said um, the subtle yet great taste of Miller Lite that leaves consumers' breath feeling fresh and their taste buds happy is what we're after. Okay. Come on. Uh, so it's like uh, minty beer, yuck. I guess. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Connor, we should get some and I, I'm going to have out. to find some. I'm going to have to find a way to get it. And it's somehow yeah. tied to dry January, too, uh, which is another idea that we could mm, go ahead and Yes. Say goodbye away. to. Yes. Bye. 97 Labrador Retrievers rescued in Phelps County. The Humane Society of Missouri's Animal Cruelty Task Force rescued 97 labs from an unlicensed breeder in Phelps County. The dogs were taken to Humane Society of Missouri's St. Louis headquarters on Macklin Avenue for medical care. The breeder, who sells dogs under the name Show Me Labradors, has been on the National Horrible 100 list for the past five years. Show Me Labradors had 83 dogs removed in late 2019 and early 2020. Heidi, supposedly Missouri is one of the worst, worst. for puppy mills. Which it is, sucks. It does suck. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, if you thought my uh, Miller Lite beer mint was bad, how about this? 
there is a St. Charles lawmaker. He's a, his name is Adam Schwarden, is proposing a bill that would name Provel cheese. Which be, is Provel even a cheese? the official cheese of Missouri. Isn't it a mixture? I don't of... know. I mean, it's great. Uh, I mean, yeah. but I don't know. What's well, a bill? We need a bill for that? Yeah, that seems like a, a waste of time when we can't get anything so. else done. Nope. I don't know. We don't. How can we not have a state cheese, guys? Does every state have a state cheese? And we I don't just know. I don't have know. Have been left out. My thing is, I don't think it should be Provel. Actually, what I don't, do you think it should that be? Is something that's better than Provel. Yeah. Not yeah. a big Provel fan, and uh, I don't know. It's only on St. Louis, right? Doesn't uh, half the state not like when St. Louis gets well? Kind of is, too much focus. Guys, is, there's a day for everything now. Do we need to have a cheese? No. no, we do not need to there have are, a cheese. Well, you're, no. not, you're not thinking uh, forward enough. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I'm stuck somewhere, it, and it's a long time ago. Sounds like child's play to me, and the kids over at Confluence Academies are probably doing more than that. And i got to tell you, now is the time to register for the Confluence Academy's Grand Center Arts Camp, where your child will receive hands-on learning from industry professionals in instrumental and vocal music, theater, dance, and visual arts. I always talk about how incredible the Grand Center Arts Academy is because they really, I mean, kids are learning everything they need to learn, but at a time when lawmakers and uh, schools are cutting back on the arts, which that's something that, you know, really saves lives for some of these kids. It's how they learn. Grand Center Arts Academy really puts that in the forefront and even if your kid is not a student confluence they can attend the grand center arts camp the camp runs july 8th through the 19th it's open to students from all districts entering fifth grade all the way through senior year you can choose a one week or a two-week camp now there's a nominal fee but it's just bucks for class materials and enrollment is happening now through july 5th you can learn more about confluence academies enroll in the arts camp today by visiting grandcenterartsacademy.org So sitting in today, Jay Delsing, we're having some fun. And I uh, I don't know if you traveled over the holidays or not, but every time I'm at the airport, I see somebody and they have like their water bottle and they carried it up to the last second and they're throwing it away. That one, I guess, could be, you know, easily forgotten. You didn't know you have it in your backpack. But there is a, a story of some of the crazy things that have been confiscated. Marijuana-filled diapers? Like, how do people think they're going to get away with some of this? Like, I get nervous <laughs> even taking my, like, liquid foundation. Yeah, it's over four ounces, yes. so you're going to, yeah. Um, the crazy is, though, Heidi, like, what are you going to do with that foundation? Like, oh, I got a deal, and I got a bottle that was big, you know, and so I got a better price, and I bought it, but I can't travel with it? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? It's so kind of crazy. How about this? Um, I guess... There have been Naruto throwing knives among some of the items. How, With everything that is going on, how do you think you're also going to just check knives? You can't even, you know, dine at a restaurant with a real knife and fork now at an airport, but you can 
get that in? I don't know. I guess individuals who show up at TSA checkpoints with these illicit items are referred to airport police, according to TSA's website. But uh, all kinds of interesting things showing up. I used to work the uh, the gate at the Cardinals games. Yeah. And, I mean, you'd be shocked at how many people would just come up with stuff. Um, you know, What's the most unusual yeah. thing you saw? I don't even know if I can remember anything specifically, but, you know, guns, knives. It's like, well, what do you, did you think you were going to get into the stadium with a gun? And you why? Know, I don't know. Why, why do you need your gun at the yeah. ballpark? Yeah, or your big old knife. It's yeah. like, you know, did you know, you you well, do, I can't leave it that? in the car. What well, do you do with that kind of? You send them back, obviously. Well, you don't so we're, they, when I was there, we weren't allowed to keep anything for anyone. No, you know, even you if it, hold even, if it, even if it was valuable, even yeah. so, they could go back to wherever they were and put it in their car or hotel room. And if they couldn't do that, then I, I mean, they were out of luck. Unfortunately, they couldn't couldn't come in. So I mean, I'd saw I'd seen people dump things in the trash. Uh, well, I'm just also thinking about the thought that goes into this: a knife hidden inside a loaf of keto bag. <laughs> Bread bag was one of them. A bag of meth inside a container of crab boil seasoning. Why are you even walking through? Well, maybe the, they would just think it was the seasoning. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> a burrito filled with meth. I, Have you ever had any of your stuff taken when, you know, with you'll check a bag and they have, you open it up and like, oh, here's this little TSA thing. Have you ever had anything missing? No, thankfully. But I've had stuff tossed where yes. I'm like, what did you, did you turn this thing upside down? I mean, nothing's folded anymore. Oh. Nothing, you know, and you're like, well, okay, fine. Somebody on the text line said, I was told you can take bottled water through TSA if you freeze it. Is that true? Well, it makes sense, right? Because then it's not a liquid anymore. Yeah. But that feels like one of those things that. Well, what are you going to do with it, though? Use it as a big ice cube? Yeah. Yeah, you, mel- I- you, put, you melt it, I guess, between yeah. the the. The security and the plane with like a little Bunsen burner that you yeah. brought on, but that feels like one of those things where you you try to be too clever with the security people, and then yeah. they just like, then look at you say, and throw no, it away anyway. We're not going to do no. that. Yeah. No. Uh, Girl Scout cookie season is upon us. It starts today. No, no new cookies mm. this year. For the last couple of years, they're they're actually a new taking one. one away, right? I the, think the so. The raspberry one from last year, they're not doing this I'm year. Not you liked about it, it, didn't I'm not you? mad about that. I couldn't even get my hands on it. It was so popular that, you know, you could only buy it secondhand, essentially. Or yeah. if you had an in Which the is girl. crazy. market on the, on <laughs> the was, like Jay, We I, had the story I, I, last year. It was like you could go to eBay and buy it for twice or three times the price. That is just crazy. I've never met a cookie I don't like, but the raspberry is not my favorite. What's your favorite? Oh, the Samoas. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Uh, Tagalongs. Co- the coconut, the whole, mm. uh, You know, uh, little peanut like thin butter. Mints thin mints are just are what go I got to go with. Yeah. In the freezer. You put them in the freezer. Put them yeah. in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's what we got to go with. The yeah. dosey dough, the little peanut butter sandwich, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, again. But, but there's a lot. Of, I didn't realize how many cookies there are to choose from. You've got the Adventurefuls, the Caramel Chocolate Chip, the dosey doughs, the Girl Scout S'mores. I mean, I think there's actually still a box of Adventureful sitting on Josh's desk uh, back in the office. I don't know oh, if you saw. Uh, we might have to get. I think they're. That. I think they're about. Uh, I think they're from about a, a year past date. Uh, do the. Uh, we'll have to see how long date. those last. I wonder. <laughs>
Maybe that's how he got sick. Oh, huh? could be. Took, took a bite out of the year-old cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, have you seen this trend that I love? We talked about your grandkids, and your grandkids are little. But did you see that a lot of adult grandkids are showing up in their pajamas at their grandparents' house and doing a sleepover? Like all the cousins who are late 20s, early 30s, and the videos that I've seen, grandma and grandpa are just so ecstatic, a little confused <laughs> as to, like, why are you guys all here? Yeah, and are you staying over now? Yeah. How long do you stay? <laughs> How yeah. long are you staying? I remember yeah. when I went away to college, which has been a long time now, and, you know, in the beginning, mom and dad are all sad, and when are you coming home? We miss you. And then I think it was, like, year two. It's like, when are you going back to school and yeah. how long are you staying right, right. ready to get back to our normalcy if you will Heidi I've seen where some of the grandkids will will do that and let's say um, grandma or grandpa are, are at a retirement center or something and they'll all kind of get together and hang out in the lobby or something <laughs> it's that's pretty cool well it is because family I mean I what know. else do you have if you don't have that. It's such a special thing. Coming up, we're going to talk to Andy Field, ABC News correspondent. We'll find out about Trump and immunity. Could he be immune from these? How many now? Uh, I don't even charges? I can't keep track of them. Heidi. Yeah. I don't know what all that means and what does it mean for the presidency and yeah. things like that. Well, we'll ask Andy Field and hopefully he can sort through it. A three-judge panel in the Washington, D.C. Court of Appeals is considering arguments over former President Donald Trump's efforts to dismiss his federal election interference case based on his claim of presidential immunity. Does he have a case? Andy Field, ABC News correspondent in Washington, joins us with the latest. Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. Uh, Yeah, at least according to the questions that the judges were asking, they don't seem to appear to think he has a case. A lot of folks always like to make judges political, even though they're supposed to look only at the law and interpret the law. Uh, This is a three-judge panel. Two of the judges were appointed by Democratic presidents. One was appointed by a Republican, and she seemed to be one of the most critical, uh, rejecting a central part of Mr. Trump's arguments that his efforts to overturn the loss to President Biden cannot be subject to prosecution because presidents have a constitutional duty to ensure the election laws are upheld. That's what Donald Trump is saying, that, look, he was just doing his job, making sure the election was was legal and on the up and up, and that he shouldn't be prosecuted for that. Uh, that judge, the one Repo- uh, appointed by a Republican president, said it is really a paradox to say that your constitutional duty to make sure the laws are executed allows you to violate the law. So... Uh, I, I, my guess, and, and, and of course my guess doesn't count, it's usually the legal analysts and people who have argued these things before and, and the precedent, is that this panel will likely very quickly reject his claim of presidential immunity and it will go on to the Supreme Court where uh, who knows what's going to happen. It's interesting, on the Supreme Court, one of Donald Trump's lawyers was on TV the other day saying basically they owe us one, Ooh. that uh, Judge Kavanaugh, uh, had to put up with all kinds of persecution, and Donald Trump stood by him, and now he owes us one, which is the kind of thing you hear from a mafia don, not necessarily from the lawyer of an ex-president. 
Andy, that's kind of terrifying when you think of democracy. Um, I um, what, what is all this? I, it's so hard. I try to follow this the best that I can, Andy. But how? What does all this mean in terms of his run up for the presidency? I mean. Any of these convictions, and and there seems to be Heidi and I were just speaking there. We can't even keep track of how many there actually are now, and 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 different states, locations, and for a variety of stuff. Well, there are there are two major federal cases. One involving classified documents that's in Florida. The other, which appears to be far more serious, and that is interfering and in trying to overturn an election uh, through various means. And, and that's the one that um, is before the court right now, and it's the one that's in uh, D.C. where it, the trial is, is supposed to start in March. Right now the whole thing's on hold because of this appeal, uh, but it could very well get back on track pretty quickly if this court makes a decision fairly quickly. But then ev- even if he is found guilty, chances are there will be appeals, and so the the idea that he could still be president is very real. Well, that's accepting the fact that he'll win the Republican nomination, which, of course, we haven't even had the first caucus. That doesn't happen until next week. Uh, There's always surprises. Remember, we thought Donald Trump was going to run away with the Iowa caucus in uh, in 2016, and it was Ted Cruz that won that. And have you heard much from Ted Cruz in presidential Mm. politics lately? (laughs) No. No. I'm assuming we have heard from fr- former President Trump after this hearing. Oh, of course. Well, despite the fact that the judges, and, and this was all broadcast live on many of the major networks, uh, they, they put the audio feed out there. So you could hear the arguments and his lawyer kind of fumbling around when they said, well, didn't you just say the opposite in another case? And he goes, well, that case doesn't matter here, which was <laughs> kind of strange. Uh, but uh yeah, he came out and said, we did swimmingly well, and we're going to go on to victory. You know, it's, it, it's the typical Donald Trump bluster that you hear after these types of things. Oh, yeah. Let's um, change but, gears know, for one court, second, Andy. Um, okay. it's something, let's change gears for one second and talk about something yeah. even better. I mean, I know you have a very talented daughter making movies. Did she happen to go to the Golden Globes? I, I don't think she was nominated. She, she was her movie that she made for Disney was nominated for one of those creative Emmys. Uh, uh, this was uh, a, a prom pack that was made for Disney Plus, and uh, she was nominated for an Emmy for that. However, Gally, uh, what is it? Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special beat her out. Which, oh, oh that's, yeah, that's a bummer. I hate to hear what's that. The, what's the name of that tree in the movie? Root or moot or something. It's yeah. Groot. It's oh, I Groot. knew Connor would know. Groot. I knew it had root in the word. Groot. Yeah. All right, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little entertainment news. Sinead O'Connor apparently died from natural causes. That's according to a London coroner. I think everybody thought she had taken her own life, but the Irish singer died at the age of 56 last July and apparently due to natural causes. Is that just maybe like a heart attack or something? I guess, yeah. um, She was interesting, you know, because I loved her music when she first came out. I can remember her on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and Ripping up the Pope's picture. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, she had a... uh, she had a hard yeah, life. Yeah, she, she was did. she was fighting. Yeah. Yep. Are you 
watching this whole Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm try- I honestly trying not to. Exactly. Really trying not to. Well, Jimmy Kimmel ripped into Aaron Rodgers on a show last night for, of course, suggesting he was associated with Jeffrey Epstein. In part, Jimmy said he genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. He also said Aaron is, quote, too arrogant to know how ignorant he is and that he did the impossible by making the New York Jets look even worse. Now, as for Aaron, he just keeps talking but not apologizing. During an anticipated appearance on the Pat McAfee show, he went on a five-minute rant about COVID-19 vaccines and then claimed that Jimmy actually misunderstood his comments about him last week. You know, here's what's really doesn't show a lot of insight mm-hmm. and i'm not sure aaron Rodgers knows what that is but you don't want to give someone like jimmy kimmel who has a fuel. microphone he's got a mic and he's got the opportunity every single day to take this Shots. thing out yeah 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 this is cool and i cannot believe it has taken this long a broadway musical based on prince's purple rain is in the world. Are you a fan of Prince? Oh my gosh. Uh, I saw him in Los Angeles when I was a senior in college and I was like blown away. Uh, unreal. Yeah, I yeah. saw him when he was here and he was in those platform yeah. wheels yeah. and just I mean the way he played guitar. And Sheila E was oh. doing that little drum thing and all the guys were like, "Really?" Yeah. How amazing. You, yeah, truly great. The original movie came out in 1984, of course won the Oscar for best original score. The producers say we can't wait for a new generation to discover Purple Rain and for lovers of the original film and album to experience its power once again, this time live. So that, I, I, that's going to be I see that big. in a heartbeat. Yeah. Heidi, they, when he died, I guess they found all of these songs in a vault that... I, over 300 songs. That Did he no never recorded? No, because he didn't, he didn't like, I guess he was incredibly, um, oh, he just was almost persnickety at how, what, how he wanted things yeah. to sound. And if, if they weren't just so. He, he wasn't releasing it. Nope. Gosh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. We did when we were uh, visiting friends in Minnesota, we stopped by Paisley Park and we, since we were just stopping by, we didn't have a reservation to go actually tour it. But when you could go in, like, the shop and then one area where there was a stage and they had a couple pairs of shoes under glass that you could see. And it's <laughs> it's an interesting place. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? Yeah. How about a tall person, but how about the size of, like, his... I couldn't put his pants on when I was in second grade. No. Heidi, I was like, who fits in these things? His waist is like a 24 or something. I was like, oh my gosh. Tiny. Yeah. Jody Foster, speaking of tiny, isn't afraid to let her feelings be known about Gen Z. She says they're really annoying, especially in the workplace, saying they're like, nah, I'm not feeling it today. I'm going to come in at 1030. Or in emails, she'll say, I'll tell them, this is all grammatically incorrect. Did you not check your spelling? And they're like, why would I do that? Isn't that kind of limiting? Like, seriously, Connor, <laughs> do you want to defend yourself at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, she's. It sounds like she had a couple of bad Experiences. coworkers and is generalizing for the entire yeah. population. Okay. So I say, I don't really know if that's representative of everyone. I'll tell you, Mary Lou Retton kind of represented all of us when she won gold in the gymnastics in the eighties and. 
She said she looked death in the eyes during her hospitalization for pneumonia last year, revealing that she was almost put on life support. I mean, how scary. She just did an interview with Hoda Kotb, and she was on oxygen the entire time for that interview. She said as a result, she's just happy to be alive in her first public interview since the health scare. She said, this is serious. This is life, and I'm so grateful to be here. I'm blessed to be here because there was a time when they were about to put me on life support. Heidi, I saw something where she, I don't know if it was a GoFundMe page yeah, or something. Yeah, she didn't have insurance. What? She explained in that interview that she had gone through a divorce and through all of that. She just, and she said that she's had several, I guess, surgeries, either hip and orthopedic, and that she couldn't afford the premiums. Oh. Which, what does that say right. about insurance in the United States? I saw that, and I almost thought that it was almost a Fake. typo. I thought, what? How does this, you know, you yeah. think all of her, all of her celebrity and... Oh, and she was everywhere, everywhere. on the Wheaties boxes. So and cute. The, oh, oh, my gosh. That grin. That, just... Just Crazy. All red, white, and blue. Yeah. The Sopranos is celebrating its 25th anniversary with a special collection available for streaming on Max. In addition to all six seasons, there are 15 deleted scenes, including three that have never been released in over five hours of behind the scenes footage, which. I know people really get into. Lisa Bonet has filed for divorce from Jason Momoa. Lisa says they've been separated since October of 2020. And I pulled this story for you, Jay, because, uh, well, what do Mark Wahlberg, Cindy Crawford, DJ Khalid, and Josh Allen all have in common? They love golf so much, they didn't build a house on a golf course. They Good. now have full-blown golf complexes built into their gardens. Heidi, I've seen Mark Wahlberg's out in Southern California. Is it crazy? It's sick. It is like a, a paradise for anyone that, even if you didn't like it. It's just game, gorgeous. It's beautiful. There's flowers. There's mounding and all the, it's just unbelievable. I thought it was fake when I saw it. Really? Yeah. Can he really play? That's the question. Not really. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, enjoys it to to their level. And, uh, you know, he's got a, a lot of money and a lot of time. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. Well, they said that this really, I mean, I guess the company that does it, Back Nine Greens, really took off during the pandemic because people wanted to play. Yeah. And now they've not just in Southern California, but they've done over 10,000 projects across you know, all of these states. I mean, some of these are just gorgeous. Like, some of them have redone a specific hole of, you know, Augusta. and Yeah, they try to copy number 12. Yeah. And it's it's really super cool. I am, um, although, you know, for me, I don't, I wouldn't like that in my backyard. I'd rather have like a baseball diamond or yeah, something, something if I ever had that kind different. of room, which of course I don't. Yeah, well, this just looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, finally, a few birthdays worth mentioning today. Kate Middleton is 42. Dave Matthews is 57. Crystal Gale, 73. Jimmy Page is the big 80. And wow. Joan Baez is 83. A lot of uh, musical lot of rockers, talent yeah. today. That's your evening entertainment report here on the Big 550 KTR. That is a good song. And speaking of, Prince wrote that. I know. Which is kind of crazy. Monday is a holiday. Martin Luther King 
day. And if you are wanting to get out and visit a national park, it's a great day to do it because the national parks are free to visit on six select dates this year. So Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is Monday, January 15th. Then you have uh, Saturday, April 20th, the first day of National Park Week. Things are free. Wednesday, June 19th, Juneteenth. Uh, Sunday, August 4th, Great American Outdoors Day. I had no idea. I'm going to need to put these down in the calendar. Uh, National Public Lands Day is in September. And then Veterans Day. There are lots of national parks open. The most popular, which Josh is not here, Grand Canyon and, of course, Yellowstone, which charge an entrance fee. But on these six days, you get in for free. Josh doesn't see any reason in ever seeing the Grand Canyon, and I try to explain that it Has is. Has he ever seen it? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't want to. And he doesn't want to. And I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. I kind of thought that about Niagara Falls, and then we went, and How you cool just stand that? there, and you're like, the That's sounds and the sight. Yeah. You just. Yeah. You can't picture it until you've seen it, how big and loud and beautiful it's it is. It's the same way with the Grand Canyon in terms of certain times of day, the oh. sun. The, it's, you're like, wait a second. How yeah. did this happen? I think it would be super fun to kind of camp out in the bottom and, you know, where they do the steak dinners and then you kind of. You I'm know, not a camper, though. You're I not? Need, no, I need a hotel. Yeah, or yeah. a really nice RV. Yeah. Then you'd be Some a little bit Some of the better. guys that are doing a lot of traveling, like golfers and other. Doesn't John Daly have his own uh, yeah, RV it's, it's, or big tour bus, probably? It's like a big tour bus, and they spend a load on those things. Yeah. yeah. They, they can Granite be, countertops, oh, a whole yeah, dining room. Really oh, yeah. decked out. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, really sleep in what I drive, though. Yeah. Do you? Well, I do have an well, RV. Well, she's a big you RVer, oh. Jay. you got to consider this before. But, I mean, I'll, I'll show you. We're not roughing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to yeah, be yeah. careful before yeah. you start slandering uh, the RV oh, uh, no, lifestyle. It is a... Uh, it's a little different. Now, growing up, we did have a pop-up camper, and that was a little different. We didn't have an air conditioner. Yeah. It was a fan. Now, we're traveling with... It's luxury. Heater and yeah. air, and we're... Like a king-size bed in there. King, uh, yeah. Nice. A couple TVs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's okay. I got to see. Like a tour I bus. Yeah. We just uh, booked a trip to Michigan this summer, because I've never been to Grand Haven, and we're just going to go and spend a little time, do some kayaking. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe play a little golf. We'll see. American Dunes, you got to let me know. That's a, that's a new Jack Nicholas course up there that's uh, um, Folds of Honor. It's uh, it's in New Haven. Oh, yeah. I bet yeah. that's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, fun. Let me uh, pick your brain on this one, because there's a new list out of everything, everyday things that people do that are just... Super disrespectful, but we still do them all the time. Now, I get so angry when I'm trying to move through the grocery store and someone's just middle of the aisle. Aisle. <laughs> you know, and surely you can feel the presence behind Right. You. Like, come on. Read the room a little. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to say, excuse me. Now, I've also given Josh a hard time about this. He's one that at least he used to hang out in that left lane. Driving slowly, not passing anybody. He claims that he no longer does this. He claims. He claims that's a pa- in the past. Yeah. He didn't treat the left lane like a passing lane. It was just another lane. Now, I will say I have been guilty of this, and I'm going to rethink it since this made the list. But if you're in a store and you decide you don't want something and you just set it on whatever shelf Ooh, is nearby, yeah, yeah. people say that that's super 
I've done that. Disrespectful. Yeah, you're like, I'll just leave this. Well, I don't even know that I could find the exact place where I was when I picked it up. I'm sure someone will move it, it, right? Someone will see it and and pick it up. So there's a guy at the grocery store that just has to go around. Go around and pick up the random things that we leave. <laughs> like, put them back where they are. What's your job? This is what I do I'm today. more accepting of that than the uh, the carts. Oh. Leaving, just leaving the carts wherever in the parking lot. Have you seen that one? I that one, cannot stand that. one I don't that. understand. I don't get that either. The people do it. They say, well, someone will come and pick up right. the cart for me. Or that cart is going to blow right into my car. I've seen that happen, too. And just definitely. rolling down yep. the, the parking Dinged lot. Dinged like slow it. motion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you can't get it. You can't get it. Uh, people who park in those designated spaces that do not pertain to them. I try not to do that one for sure. Well, I mean, I'd hope it's not handicapped. Yeah, spaces, I would hope but not other than to. That, you know, maybe you've never parked in the, uh, you know, pickup only spot when you weren't actually picking something up. Okay. You were just going in. Not pickup only, but I'll say full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Here. There's a visitors only spot <laughs> section. And, I, and have, I have noticed that a lot of people who park there are not visitors. Right. Uh, but what does visitor mean? I mean, I don't live here. Yeah, exactly. You're visiting for a couple That's hours. Right. <laughs> Just because it's not 10 minutes. Exactly. I Is think that there's so a, I think there's been a car parked out there for like a month. I don't know. That hasn't moved? I don't think they've moved, so I don't know Ooh. how much that's been enforced. Maybe we need to check yeah. on that person is what I'm thinking. What about the people who uh, don't clean up like in the kitchen? And it's your, like, the workspace kitchen and just leave the, the mess and you know it's their mess. Yeah. I, Heidi, one of the things that drives me crazy about my daughters, obviously we don't have a maid, mm-hmm. all right? You go in and they all know how to cook and they take their dishes and leave them in the sink. Who's going to clean them? Uh, so I ask, no, how does, how do they go from the sink to the dishwasher, <laughs> which is literally a foot away? And I'm like, girls are like... Or they'll go into here. Here I go. They'll go into the refrigerator and have like the last <laughs> Hagen Dazs bar and leave the box in there. Yeah. Really? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. That's that's that, not right. No. What? You can't throw the box away. Exactly. Do you not want the like feel the guilt of eating the last one and so you're like oh did i take it that's why you always got to leave just a little bit in there then then you're not actually the one eating the last one i feel like this one makes me so mad is when somebody is tailgating and you're not even driving slow i mean i'm going 74 miles an hour and still somebody is on and it's raining if i stop you are going straight into me heidi when i was in college in southern california i could not believe uh, w- on the rare occasion when there wasn't bumper-to-bumper traffic, people drove 70 miles an hour a foot from one another. Ugh. I was like, well, that's how you get I mean, you sneeze. like a 10-car pileup. That's exactly how yeah. it happens. All right, we've only got 30 more minutes because Mizzou, Kentucky tip-off is at 6 o'clock. Pre-game is 5.30, but we do have our top five at five, and then we'll wrap this show up with some random. So I hope you'll hang out for the next 30 minutes here on the Big 550 KTRS. For the top five at five, news from around the room. Jay, you want to jump in? Absolutely. I'll start with um, a high school teacher in Portland, Oregon, was encouraged by his neighbor to take a look around his property because he had a feeling that, well, they were looking for this door. 
the door that that blew out of the Alaska Airlines. Um, Can you imagine flight. if you stumbled upon the guy? The neighbor's like, "What's the likelihood of that?" And he he um, he said, after about a couple of days, he's like, "Oh well, hell, I might as well go back and look at it." And sure enough, it was hanging in the back of his trees in the back of his property. He was extremely nervous, excited. So Heidi, basically, this they're they're calling it a plug, but it's like a faux door. You know, it's it's like. Not one that you actually use. There was you couldn't problem. open it. It's yeah. bolted in. Yeah, it's just so. Hopefully, it was bolted oh. in. So he called the National uh, uh, Transportation um, Safety Division, and they came and picked it up. And now they're going to be doing some testing on it or something. But That's... pretty crazy that you know. Of course, you're like it's not going to be in my yard. No. Yeah. Wow. And I then mean, the... how how lucky would that it didn't actually hit any. Buildings around the top of some of his trees, and I guess it broke its fall, and it it was in remarkably good condition. That is crazy, just like the cell phone. I know. Which is, yeah, makes no sense. I think this is kind of a a fun story, and I don't know if you've had these kind of conversations with your parents as they get older. I know I have. Talking about their childhood, and Abigail Ovita of Grays Lake, Illinois, recently proved it's never too late to tap into the charm and whim of childhood's holiday spirit. This holiday season, she decided to give her parents presents they had wanted as children but never received. She shared the video of her parents receiving the gifts on TikTok, where it already has more than 2.4 million views. So in the video, her dad, Samuel, is seen opening up a toy Coca-Cola semi-truck while her mom opens a new Easy Bake Oven, which I think is so cool. The video shows both parents' reactions. Both are just so delighted. And then, of course, there are tears, giving them what they thought they would never have. My mom's smile is so beautiful, she wrote in the video's caption. The idea for presents stemmed from a recent conversation with her parents about their childhoods, during which her dad became emotional talking about other children playing with the same Coca-Cola semi-truck that he never got. That's crazy. I wonder if it was difficult. The Easy Bake Ovens, I guess, are still around. Yeah, but, uh, that Coca-Cola old... semi-truck has to be hard, yeah, right? right? Yeah, what a cool idea, too. And I wonder how she knew what to get them. Yeah, I guess they were talking about it and different ones that they always wanted and never had. I always wanted one of those uh, little... Battery-operated cars, like the convertible that you can oh, charge yeah. up, oh, yeah. and you know. But I guess time is excelled on that one. <laughs> uh, all right, we were talking about the National Parks, Heidi. Uh, my story comes from the National Parks of Canada. Oh. They have put out a warning to not let drivers driving through the parks let moose come up and lick their cars. Is that a thing? They say it's a thing. They lick their cars? It's fairly common now. Do people put peanut butter on the windows? So here's why they do it. They say moose in the summer uh, get a lot of their minerals from what they eat, the greens, the shrubs, whatever's there. In the winter, it's all dead or covered with snow. It's not there. What is covered with minerals or salt is the roads and the cars. So they go onto the roads and lick up the salt. Uh, they say in the parks now they use sand, not salt, to try to, to limit this. They say there's still salt in there, so the moose will still lick it up. It doesn't matter to them. And That's cars passing through. What the hell does the moose know? And I how guess, are you going to stop I the moose? I guess they can smell it. You, you drive slow, I guess, because it's <laughs> there's you know snow on the roads, and it's slow enough for the moose to feel comfortable to just kind of come up and start 
looking at the car. Here's a picture of it happening. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's crazy. Uh, but they say not to do this, to just drive away steady and slowly, fast enough for the moose not to you, uh, because it's bad for the moose. They say there are, you know, many, many deaths a year for moose. Uh, yeah. they're, they're endangered well, in the area, so they're trying to protect the moose. And I'm sure yourself, because I don't think hitting a moose is no, not good. good. Would not no. be good. Uh, and if they're on the roads, you know, they're probably there at night. And the it's ice dark. is the roads are slick. Yeah. You know, uh, they're dark brown. They blend in anyway. So they they they're trying to encourage people to not let them lick it. Even though it's you know funny and does something like a story to and come back and tell you about closer to the animals. And as we we have so many of these stories where people are going off the trails to get mm-hmm. close to these animals, clearly they like doing this, uh, but they're warning people not to let and not to let them do it. They are wild animals. They are right. still wild they're, animals. They're, they're, That's they're right. Not, yeah. yeah, you can't pet it. No, no. no. you don't no. want to pet it. You shouldn't want to anyway. You got another story? I, guys, this, um, so uh, these drug companies, Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk, have these popular diabetes and ob- obesity drugs that are becoming extremely popular and are really doing some great things for the folks that need them. Unfortunately, we, are, we have folks that are trying to use them for um, cosmetic reasons uh. where they don't really have... The illness, and there are some side effects that are pretty scary, suicidal thoughts, and there's some other side effects with some paralysis in, in, in your stomach and things like that that are occurring. So you got to really be careful because they're they're making some of these drugs, Heidi, available direct to consumer. Well, I which, saw a story on that that you didn't even need a prescription for one of them. Me. But I do think that that is kind of crazy. But then I think back... In the days when my mom was, you know, probably in her 30s trying to lose weight, Dexatrim, I yep. thought that was a vitamin as often as she was taking right. it. Right. And you know how it is when you're, when you've, you know, you're, if you take two aspirin, it gives your headache away, give me the whole bottle. You know, exactly. it's just that's our, our mindset. Yeah. And I think right now it's all shot based, but they're working on getting into a pill. I think they're doing trials for that, which obviously that would just make it much easier, right? Uh, there, there are at least some people that won't. Take, take a, a shot, shot. In, uh, every day. And there's that double-edged sword, guys, because if you can help people health-wise, it's going to take our health costs down. I mean, because diabetes and some of these things are really, really costly to try to... Right. Well, and then the all system. the other things, the high cholesterol and the you know risk of heart disease and yep. heart attack. But it is one of those things. Is it too good to be true? And at what point are we taking advantage of something? It does feel like it really sprang up. Kind yeah. of overnight. I remember right? uh, a friend saying, oh, I'm taking a shot before I blew up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, a shot? And at first I'm like, a juice shot? Like, yeah. A sh- yeah. I cannot imagine. My grandmother was diabetic. I remember seeing her stick that needle in her, you know, stomach all the time. So, and I just thought, God, I hope I never have to do, do that because it seemed oh. miserable. But for the people who truly need it, yeah, it's a miracle drug. How about this? I mean, again, you are never too old. A 92-year-old man recently went on a record-breaking hike in the Grand Canyon. Guinness World Records confirmed last week that Alfredo Bordillo, who currently lives in Germany, is the oldest person to cross the Grand Canyon rim to rim on foot after having made the trek in October. The previous record was set in 2019 by an American at the age of 91. Now, the new record holder said he had read about the previous record holder. He admired him immensely. I knew that I was only a few months younger, 
And I thought, you know what? I've got a pretty good shot at how breaking this record. Long, Heidi, I can't it's, imagine I how can't grueling either. that's got to be. So listen to this. His wife, who was his traveling companion at Machu Picchu, Mount Everest, Base Camp, Grand Canyon, died in 2006. So as part of his healing process... Mm-hmm. Following her death, he revisited a lot of those places, sometimes with his daughter and grandson, and that included the Grand Canyon. He only started following this healthy lifestyle when he was 76. <laughs> he said before that, he was just kind of a free-for-all. He began training for what would become a record-setting hike by walking eight miles every day. Now, wow. I walked two miles today, and I yeah. feel like that was... Heroic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when it actually came time to begin the hike, he did admit that the first five hours were difficult. He said he was really tired and that fortunately he took a 15-minute break and felt better. But still, I mean, that's a lot. Anyway, his secret to a healthy life is based on three things, eating healthy, drinking water, walking for 30 minutes a day, and sleeping in the dark of the night for eight hours. According to Guinness World Records, his trek from the North Rim Trailhead took 11 hours and 15 minutes. The hike the next day took more than 10 hours. So in total, to break this record, he hiked more than 21 hours at the age of 92. That's not just... They probably weren't big, long steps, but what? Uh, that's amazing. That makes it even harder. Uh, I can't imagine. I can't either. My mom just texted, you did not see me take Dexatrium. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. You got to be careful who's listening, Heidi. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. <laughs> Well, we are wrapping things up early because Mizzou and Kentucky are tipping off at 6. Pre-game starts at 5.30. Jay, thank you so much for sitting in, and you'll be with me again tomorrow, I hope. You got me. It's like I'm, I'm like a rash. I no, come back again tomorrow. No. You got me tomorrow, too. <laughs> I can't wait. Connor, let's wrap this show up with some randoms. Okay. A giant clam, once it settles into place, will not move. It'll stay there for life, which... Can be over a hundred years. What? So they Come just on. they stay in their spot. The clams. They. I guess that makes them easy to fish. Uh, huh. I don't know if the do we eat clams. Is that yeah? Sort of thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Clam chowder. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Uh, all right. The first Apple computer went on sale in July of 1976. It cost $666. Steve Wozniak picked the price because he just liked repeating numbers. He didn't know about the satanic, oh, the implication wow. of it. Uh, I guess it didn't really hurt them that much. Uh, you know, they still <laughs> yeah. they still sold a lot of computers. Apple's they, doing okay. They, they're doing okay. Uh, fast food chain Moe's Southwest Grill. Are you familiar yeah. with this? They don't play any music inside the store by live artists. I don't know about that one. I've been inside Moe's. I've never considered this, but I looked it up. This is a common thing people say, so I don't. I guess it's true. It's one of those things. So they only play music from artists who have passed away. Yeah, that's odd. That is weird. Did uh, they give any reason? I could not find one. Uh, there are six countries with more than one capital city. South Africa has three, which I also researched, and they do. They split it up. Uh, the, like it, In territories? No. Uh, it's like one capital has the Supreme Court, one capital has the White House, one capital has Congress. It'd be like if we split them up into New York, Philly, and D.C. But they Can have you imagine it. if we had three Washington, oh, D.C.? Oh, no. <laughs> Man, as if we don't have enough headaches as oh. is.
All right, you guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully you'll come back starting at 3 o'clock tomorrow. And until then, see if you can put a smile on somebody's face.